Welcome to the podcast Kenya. We are your hosts, Andy Davies, Clear Earnshaw and Leon Weche. We are here to discuss all things training, nutrition, health and mindset. We aim to share knowledge through our own experiences and by interviewing local and international experts in their field. Our goal is to provide education and empowerment. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to episode seven of the podcast, and we're going to have a general catch up today. And yeah, talk a bit about, I guess, pregnancy, <laughs> expectations, and yeah, how fast time is going. Because I think, well, you'll be having your knee done soon, hopefully, Andy. Um, I don't know how soon. I've got um, a pre-surgery type thing on the... I had to push it back because I actually book, accidentally booked it for when I was on holiday. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, and then I was like, oh, no, I'm away. So it's now on the 24th of August. Yeah. So... Okay, well, that's just around the corner. I mean, we're almost in yeah. August now because we were yeah. 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 I've got to double check because now I'm yeah double check <laughs> you haven't booked another holiday <laughs> so just saying before the podcast so it's it's uh week 26 now for me and my pregnancy and that's almost third trimester and my due date's early November and I mean the way this year is going that's literally just around the corner because I my obstetrician she doesn't deliver so we have to find, yeah, doctor, hospital, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I've always been thinking plenty of time, but actually <laughs> there's not. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, it's been interesting talking to sort of different women here and just getting ideas of costs and obstetricians. And I've actually been thinking more and more of having a home birth. Um so well, if it's a healthy if it, mm. this is a thing it's about i think one is about being flexible two it's about you know, yeah. what makes you most comfortable mm-hmm. some people thought being in a hospital makes them more comfortable so it works then but if you are someone who doesn't particularly like hospitals you know you guys live close enough to say karen hospital if there's a problem but apart from that no so i'm meeting we're meeting a midwife next week to just discuss so she's delivered quite a few babies around here and like she has an ambulance and a team of paramedics you know they're in your driveway they're on standby um and and then obviously you need to have another obstetrician who will be on standby in case you have to go for you know an emergency whatever procedure and yes the one that i've looked at she does work from karen hospital which is so close so yeah it wasn't something i thought about before but more and more I think uh, it was it was a confidence issue. Like now, I feel confident, like with myself, that I would like to do it at home and, if possible, try. Because I mean, all the statistics are there. You know, your chances of intervention are much higher in a hospital. Yeah. And once you start one, it's like a cascade. Um, and I think just it's also you know you're kind of hurried through after your baby is there whereas like you know the first breastfeed can take three hours whereas they're trying to you know get that all moving so yeah i think i think with home 
you know, that sense of being home. It's very relaxing. It's nice because, you know, you don't have to then think about how you're getting home from the hospital after. Have you, you know, you're in, you're in your space, so it's a case yeah. of you've got everything you need because mm-hmm. it's there. You don't have to worry about packing too many bags. You want your emergency bag if you have to go. Yeah. But apart from that, everything's there. Yeah, as we said, with Kaya, originally it was going to be a home birth, but yeah. obviously there's complications because she decided to start coming early and then the placenta stopped working. Yeah. And so she ended up being an induction. So that's why we didn't do it. But yeah. we had it all lined up before that. Yeah. And it was, it was going to be great. Um, and we, you know, our time trips to the hospital. Wait, where were you we living at that point? Hmm? Where were you living at that point? Uh, was Lone Tree. So... Um, yeah, out near, uh, what's it called? A village market. Okay. Oh. oh so, I was there. so we yeah. went to a car and I worked out the different yeah. times of day, how long it would take yeah. to get there. So you could work out at what point you need to say we've got to go now. Yeah. You know, because mm. the longer, you know, leave it. If it's like a yeah. short trip, like middle of the night, you could say you could leave it a little touch later because, yeah. you know, it's not going to be a problem. But, um, yeah, so, you know, it's all about timing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, even Nairobi Hospital is not that far from us. No, so the bypass is it's, amazing. It's, it's quick. Yeah, bypass um, is great, especially if it was in the evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's what I've. I'm quite excited to meet the midwife and just you know discuss it. Um, but I've done quite a few polls on Instagram. It's been very interesting just getting people's like costs of what birth costs here and. Um, just you know there's there's not that many female obstetricians either which is no i'm trying to think how much as aga khan i think the actual criticism costs 100 and something k yeah then my obstetrician obgy with dr ps patel was i think 150 or something yeah i can't remember what it was yeah, yeah, he's his rates have gone up. He's two fifty now. <laughs> yeah, like, believe it. Yeah, it costs a living. Yeah, it's, you all got put your yeah. <laughs> but most of the other might have been one eighty. Yeah. It might have been one eighty yeah. or one fifty, but I can't remember. But yeah. yeah, they're about sixty now. Well, like I think there's a few of them who are very expensive, uh, and then and then sort of the other price. Yeah, it's about sixty. So it really, it really just depends where you go, like what kind of room you're in, you know, what procedure well, you're having, etc. Um, and yeah, like my friend in the UK, she's like, oh, mine was free with the NHS. And I was like, oh, yeah, but yeah. she, she also wanted a home birth, but this was just after COVID. Um, and like the, there were, you know, they were completely understaffed. Like there were no midwives who could come, you know, to, to her birth. And then another, another of my friends, she lives in Italy and she's a month ahead of me. And she was like, you know, home births, the cost is just prohibitive here. Whereas I feel it's the opposite here. Mm. Um, it's, well, it depends, doesn't it? But yeah. my, my doula was saying it's about, so she was laboring for two, well, Vari, she was laboring for two days. And so she had the midwife for two days and that was, but it was still under 200, including the paramedic team. So it's, it's. It's really interesting how it's so different. It's also knowing, I suppose, with 
labour and everything else when to call a midwife in because there's a big like say my mum with me she was in labour for about 48 hours yeah she didn't even tell my dad till the last like 12 <laughs> hours because she's like oh he's going to work and just won't bother him yeah then oh. going to work and stuff yeah. because she, I was her second child like so she had a bit of experience yeah. Yeah. And my older brother probably by the time my sister was born she was yeah. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it just it just fall out yeah um, but yeah. you know one of four so yeah um yeah. But that's the thing i think it's you can have a doula as well as a midwife yes yes so very that, that helps that yeah. sort of thing where you've got support mm-hmm. and then when you really think you need the midwife when labor's advancing and you know because there's one thing i learned even with Kurt, you know in du- being induced meant it was quite like not to 60 and pretty quick yep and that's that has its challenges in itself but because we had a doula although anna was also a qualified german midwife yeah she although she's not really that you know she's not meant to do any midwifery in kenya she you know she could do a little bit yeah but not careful where the boundary lies yes we it's... kind of left alone to it but yeah even then she very little intervention very little even checks and stuff yeah until you know right at the end and it was all suddenly all going you know doctor yeah. was called and turned up you know within 10-15 minutes so yeah for delivery so that's the thing i don't think you need it's trying to time it though like when you think you need that midwife when you, you know Especially for your first one, like you said, for your mum, she, she she knew. I mean, every yeah. pregnancy and birth is different, but you kind of know. So, but I think like if you can have a team, you know, if you've listened well, to yeah. our episode with with Vari on doulas, I think if you can afford a doula, like they are invaluable. And she, so she she worked with this midwife who we'll see, yeah. um, and then um, you know, so they're already a team, which is great, and. Yeah, I think you know. Just yeah, have your have your team, and I know it's also interesting. Like different hospitals here, like you can't choose your obstetrician, like an MP Shah. Yeah. If it's an if you're you're aiming for a natural birth, you you know you can't book whoever you want. It's whoever's on duty. So it's yeah, all those kinds. It's of... not how it is in the UK, is it really? If you go to hospital in the UK, you can't yeah. say oh, yeah. I want Doctor Patel yeah. the whole time. You, you know, you're told. This is a duty, doctor. Yeah, We're this giving is... each other. Carry yeah. on. Well, what's what's nice in other places is you have like birth centres. So it's kind of yeah. like midway between a home birth and a hospital birth. Yeah. And it's run by midwives, and those look amazing. But here, it's it's home birth hospital. And now in America, those birthing centres are pretty big. Like we have them in all sorts of weird places. Like you could go into yeah. a forest. And... Yeah, oh, that would be <laughs> like so that. nice. Yeah, nice. I thought I was re- you know when we yeah. look at various options for birth, I was, I was reading about. Yeah, yeah, like birthing centres in the forest and in these natural locations. Just manned by midwives. Yeah. And, you know, just out there. Yes. So you can have quite a very natural yeah. birth. Like, you can have a water birth on a sort of veranda in the forest. And, oh, my gosh. Know, quite nice. That would be re- yeah, relaxing and just not... As long as there's no mosquitoes yeah. and stuff. Uh, yeah. Maybe that would be good, you know, your brain can't concentrate on too many things at one time and be like... Yeah. But it's... Yeah, I don't know if she... If, no, if the midwife would... has a bir- has a kapool, I don't know. But that's... I, I'm not I'm not too Those fussed the about that. To find out anyway. But I just think... Yeah, the more I think about it. You can hire it. them, though. Like, yeah, if you wanted the water birth. Yeah. Even if you're a midwife. I think there are places. Essentially, it's a giant bloody... It's 
just a big text pool type yeah, thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah no, I, I, text pool. Yeah. I'll talk to her about it, but it's yeah. yeah I've I mean a few. So my one of our neighbours had both both babies home birth. Another neighbour had a home birth, but she ended up in hospital, um, which is good to know as well. Like they'll get you there. <laughs> uh, they'll get you there, and even. Another friend said that when her baby, she had a home birth with the midwife that I'll be seeing, we'll be seeing next week, and the baby came out, you know, not breathing, and you know she's, midwives are trained, you know, with basic, I guess what what would you call it, like resuscitate, yeah, CPR, yeah. they can resuscitate them, like they can get you, you if you've got issues as well, they can get you and baby to hospital alive, which is reassuring, <laughs> um, yeah. but uh, yeah, so that will be. I'm really excited about that. The more I've just thought about it, the more it just feels in line with, yeah, exactly. kind of the birth I want. Um, I think that's important. I think having the birth you want in a safe way is kind of the key, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's what's good. Yeah, it was the same with anyone. You know, if, if, yeah, if someone wants a birth at a hospital, we should definitely have one. If someone doesn't feel comfortable being in hospitals, then they shouldn't. But... You know, it's about having flexibility and yeah. doctors and midwives allowing a certain degree of flexibility. Well, that I think yeah. that flexibility is is key. Like, yeah, have your birth plan, but be be prepared. Like, of course, we all want natural birth. You know, all of this, but you may end up having to yeah. go in for an emergency C section. So, for me, I find visualization really powerful. Like, really visualizing step by step each scenario like even if your mind doesn't want to go down that track you know whatever it is in your life you know just imagining all possible scenarios it helps you have you have a certain degree of foreknowledge in pregnancy so like you know if you come into sort of you know the due date and your baby's engaged right way around you've had a ultrasound that shows all this you can go into your home birth with a certain degree of confidence yeah knowing that there's nothing crazy a baby's head down mm. engaged ready to go ready to come out unlike if your baby you know you're trying to you know people you know a midwife's trying to have to turn the baby and stuff like that which you know is apparently not very comfortable and not particularly nice so mm. um you know, remember there's a sort of risk factor there straight away, which would, you know, be something that you then have a bit of opportunity to say, actually, let's maybe relook at the hospital option because, you know, babies, you know, feet down at the moment, you know, in breach. Mm. So yeah. let's, you know, it could turn at the last minute, but yeah. what happens if it doesn't, you know? Yeah, it's all those. So you got a little yeah. bit of forewarning, I suppose. Yeah, weighing up your options, and but it's interesting. So my mum was telling me like both her and her sister were breech babies, um, born naturally. Whereas these days, immediately yeah. your baby is breech. It's a, you know, it's a planned C-section. It's like people have only because I lost... think there's been a lot of you know, there's a lot of risk involved. Yes, in no, 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 for sure. A lot of doctors don't want to carry that risk. <laughs> yeah. that's why we have C-section because you know we don't want. Yeah. A risk that you can avoid through surgical intervention, although there's risks of that, you know. There's well. risk, yeah, and I think you've got to be a very experienced midwife or obstetrician to deal with a breech, a breech mm. baby. Um, but it, but I just found that interesting. I was like, gosh, my poor grandma. My mum said, yeah, she laboured for ages. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's yeah, it's yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, I always tell myself like, yeah, you know, we evolved to do this. Your body is made to do this. And you've just, yeah, you've got to, you've got to really trust that process and yeah, have a good team, have a good plan. And yeah, Leon's there ready to catch the baby. Yeah. I was watching a video. I was watching a video. <laughs> yeah. me. It was a, it was called The Midwife. It's a show in the UK. I call the Midwife. I love that show. Yeah. Uh, is it called Midwife? Yeah. Uh, well, that was. Oh, yeah. Maybe there's another. Whatever. One. It's the Midwife yeah. one. Yeah. I think yeah. It's called midwife. But it's I'm in the hospital and there's a woman giving birth, and her husband passes out. <laughs> <laughs> Just passes out. We have to then call another midwife <laughs> in to take care of him on the ground. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and you just see his wife looking at him going, Oh, come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You never yeah, know. He's going to start, you know. Yeah. You never know. Well, I, I'll catch the baby. You can cut the cord. It's, <laughs> I, I, I also think, like, you get, I follow a lot of doulas on Instagram. And, like, Instagram is always banning their content because it's, it's very graphic. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's really important to, to look at it especially if you're a woman like this this is yeah this is what birth really really looks like <laughs> to be fair it's a bit it's a bit weird mate to be honest the baby's yeah, comes gonna out and it's all like I'll be on the like side an alien <laughs> it hasn't got its full colour into it yet you know uh, you know it cries and gets a bit of colour in and it's pulsating bloody umbilical cord <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think can't, yeah my... I can't I can how's that yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Well, we might need to get someone for you then, Neon. To but, and mop, Kaya was like, here's the thing. You know, Kaya was a little I bit did. difficult when she was born because she was uh, asymmetric IUGR. So, what's that? Uh, asymmetric IUGR, entering uh, uterine growth restriction. So it meant the placenta stopped working. So only her vital organs and head was taking most of the nutrition. Yeah. So she came out with quite a big head, tiny little body. Aww. And um, yeah. you know, you catch up over the first year, so it's not problematic. Yeah. But you know, it did make it look a little bit of a, a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. No, it's... Everyone thinks their baby's beautiful, but you know, yeah, you're like. Mm. Like, like... <laughs> oh, it's yeah. It's I think it's just. Until you've been through it, it's just impossible to imagine it. Yeah, you can you can try and you can try, but yeah, I can. It's it's tough to, and even just having a newborn, like you say, it's that's, yeah. It's everyone is gonna have such a different experience, and then if you have, <clears throat> yeah, my neighbor and her first one, she had postpartum depression, mm. and she didn't breastfeed, so. She, you can take drugs to stop your breast milk, but those can increase your chance of depression. So it's yeah. like double whammy. Yeah. Um, Even it's... if you breastfeed, you know, if you've got a history of depression, postpartum depression can still come in. More from almost the anxiety of, you know, everything. You know, there's a lot of lack of sleep and people who suffer yeah. from anxiety yeah. or depression. And once you start taking sleep away means wow. you know, yeah. that's worse. Yeah. 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 So yeah, and then here's the thing, you know, hyperlactation. Maria, she was hyperlactating, she had to pump a lot of milk, we had to give to orphanages and stuff. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah, we had the freezer full of <clears throat> pouches of milk that would never get drank because, you know, hyperlactation. Which was really painful when at the hospital because we didn't have her electric breast pump at that point. Mm. We had to go pop out and get a hand breast pump because 
you're just producing too much milk. And because Kai was so little, yeah. only five, you know, bang on five pounds, that, you know, she wasn't even taking on a lot early mm. on. She was taking a small amount. It did cause some painful issues. So that has always been, you know, one tip for new mums, make sure you've got a breast pump handy because apparently that is agony. I, I can imagine. And that's what's great about Vari, the doula, like when we were talking, well, she had issues with breastfeeding. So she's done a, a lactation certification. And she had to do a lot of research into pumping and everything. And there was not anyone here could really help her. So she learned a lot. And she was like, yeah, I think, you know, it'd be such a great service. And some hospitals do this where they provide you with a breast pump because some of them are really expensive. And you're like, well, I don't really want to spend 15K on a breast pump if I don't know if I need it. Um, we bought a second-hand pump yeah. and then just replace the, the bits on it. Oh, yeah, nice. But I think, it's like, then, having, yeah. you know, yeah, if your if your doula can provide it, you know, just an interim one until you want to oh, get one, that would be definitely. amazing. Uh, really good help. Um, uh, there was, we, because we had, went to, we had, there was two lactation specialists mm. in Nairobi when Kai was born. I think, yeah, you know, one was actually a colleague's wife, who oh, nice. now. Yeah. Um, and another woman and because yeah it was saying that Kai was having problems with latching and stuff yeah. Yeah. she also had a tooth she was born with a tooth oh my goodness that I've never yeah, heard little, little sharp tooth is horrendous oh my gosh they always Ow. said that they always said that would fall out at yeah. some point because they said that was probably a periodontal thing yeah. And, yeah. you know they sometimes have them in the womb um it was not. It was literally a little baby tooth that she had up until nope. wow. <laughs> age seven or something mm. until it fell out. Jeez. A little sharp tooth. So that made breastfeeding initially, as uh, you know, Kaz trying to learn how to do it herself as a baby, yeah. a little bit more painful. painful yeah. My goodness. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. um, so we, yeah, there was a lactation specialist for that, you know, looking at that, and, you know, it became very useful, actually. Yeah. No, it's all about, yeah, yeah, finding all these resources and and everything, which is yeah, it's been so interesting. And I mean, I, I will say breast pumping's good for you as well, for the sense that if you want to get some sleep at night and you want Leon to take on some feeding, yeah. Lisa <laughs> with actual saved breast milk, mm, mm-hmm. it means you know you're not having to use formula and stuff. It means you yeah. can still get a bit of a rest yourself. Yeah, that's one thing that was quite good because I'm actually better getting up in the night and being, you know, I was and getting up early, so it meant like I could do some of those feeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. had to sleep a bit better. No, all those things to think about, and like we also want to do co-sleeping. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, hard, got... it's a hard habit to break, though. Yeah, <laughs> even to this day, even yeah. to this day. Kaya prefers to sleep, share a bed with someone. Oh, that's... And when we were trying to sleep, when I was trying to sleep, trainer, because, you know, we broke up at that point, it was just me and Kaya. Yeah. You know, it's like, she she was a nightmare, like, from the age of about two, three, trying to get her to sleep in her own bed. It wasn't Yeah, working. even amount of time, it was in the middle of the night, she'd wander in and just get into bed. Yeah. You know, um, and even, like, you know, when we were... First moved to the fashion, we had Elsie living with us. Yeah. Kaya had her own bedroom, but she would always share with Elsie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, and that Kaya, even now, if we, you know, we've got animals, she'd have to have the dogs in bed with us. So it's great, and it is great for you to get your sleep and stuff, but it is a very 
hard habit to break. Yeah. We'll we'll Maybe get to that. <laughs> we'll get, we'll yeah, get yeah. to that point. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't regret it. Yeah. But I, I look back and go, yeah, guy guy now doesn't like being yeah. sleeping on their own. That's oh. so interesting, actually. I mean, it makes it does make sense. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got Leon reading like all these courses. Like we've got a really interesting baby development one. And because my mum does, you know, her Feldenkrais, and she 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 actually loves working with children and babies. Um, so you know, it's all about like the natural movement, and mm. it's how these days so many milestones are delayed. You know, sitting, crawling, mm. standing, because babies are always in containers. Like uh, I I don't know what they're all called, but there are many. <laughs> were they like? Do you know the ones where they like you put them in and they can kind of walk themselves around oh, before yeah, they can yeah. walk? Oh, baby, yeah, walk. Like baby, walk, uh, baby yeah. walkers, the like yeah. little jumpy ones, little bouncy seats, yeah, yeah, we, and we, that we actually can walker. delay their their we development. We didn't use those too much. Kaya yeah. was such a proficient; she started crawling really early. Yeah. At six months, she could crawl yeah. most places. Um, the issue with her was because she was so proficient at crawling, mm. she wasn't in a rush to walk. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it took her a while to actually get to walking. Her thing was she loved crawling and she would bomb around everywhere. <laughs> crawling yeah. from a very early age. It was like, you know. That's just, that. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. It, it, but it's just so interesting. And, and yeah, I'd love to learn more about like baby sort of development. And it's. But I remember like, because we did a developmental course and we did like a baby massage course. Part <clears throat> of the developmentals, they talk about these. I don't know if they call them storm periods, where the baby's learning so much, you get like cranky. Mm. And that's when you have like a lot less sleep, the baby's crying a lot more, you know. And it's because they have these developmental periods. Yeah. Where yeah. They suddenly shoot, you know, either in growth, but more like the emotional side, the intelligence mm. side suddenly shoots up and it leaves them to, well, just a bit more cranky, a little less sleep because, you know, they're processing a lot. And that was quite interesting, you know, doing that and seeing Pat. And it was always quite accurate. Like, I yeah. had the thing, it was like eight weeks, yeah. 12 weeks, whatever. Yeah. And it always pretty much bang on, which coincided with Kaya being a pain. <laughs> yeah, there's a good book. I, I've got it here. I think it's called The One... What is it called? Uh, the Wonder Weeks. So Yeah, Wonder Weeks. Yeah, is that, is that that one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So... Um, yeah, Kindle one. Yes, how to stimulate the most important developmental weeks in your baby's first 20 months and turn these 10 predictable great fussy phases into magical leaps forward. There you go. So that will be. I guess we're getting that chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Leon. Oh, I keep sending these logins. I'm like, this is to this course. This is to this course. No, it's this serious. Like, course. you can see I have a, I have a folder. Oh, baby courses. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where do I save these things? It's, it's too many to remember. So I, I made the folder, uh, saved it on like text. So it's the site, password, site. So I just go click and it opens. What, I was what's like, your favorite one? I go through them randomly. It's um, but I like the what are they? The two ladies. The development one, yeah. yeah the, it's really. I watch them very randomly, like what um, because they're topics, and you can see if they're talking about sleep, you know, birth, whatever it is, and I I just like to pick them randomly, and then as I work, they just talk, and it it. Uh, 
because I work with background noise, so it, it's perfect. Yeah, same that here, one, yeah. Um, it goes in. Which is a great way to have, yeah. Yeah, and there's that, and uh, the Mantineto guy joined, joined the group in Discord, so those two. I think he has and, such a good name, Mantineto. Yeah. He's and, really nice, I and, like him. Yeah, and this funny dad uh, on, I don't know if you know him on YouTube, How to Dad? No. Oh my gosh, his videos are the best, and they're just, it's, it's just making... Um, I guess how to dad just fun and you know like he talks about how everyone's winging it but he just makes it oh definitely yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I always say it's like <laughs> everyone's just guessing that's fine yeah he gives it he oh, makes yeah. it light like he just makes you realize oh okay that, oh that's like gives baby handling different names weird names um, uh, even like how to get your baby to sleep he just does it in a nice light funny way and uh I'd say those are my top three that I've I've been, See, I've been watching. This is great, like because barely, I look back is you know seeing you guys is making me laugh. Well, because <laughs> yeah, you you have to learn a lot early on. Yeah. Well, you don't have to, but you do learn a lot. Yeah. And a lot of it goes out the window. Oh well, yeah, that's I'm what sure. he, that's what he said yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, you learn so much, and a lot goes out. The window. Yeah. And then like you get into my situation where Kaya's sort of you know almost teenage and you know pushing <laughs> boundaries and you know trying to teach your kid to be more accountable for their actions and and you know you just sort of have a lot more you know it's a lot becomes parenting becomes a lot more stressful mm-hmm. again unlike you know you have some nice years in between where first few you know years stressful because you're, you're just trying to learn what to do mm. then they sort of settle and you've got to get into routines and that's nice and then Long comes, you know, sort of this sort of puberty phase, and it all goes out the window. It's again, new again. You know, like to relearn your child because yeah. they're changing. It's a new phase. Personality is changing a little bit, and you got to, you know, it's a new phase of learning and development, and you know, learning as a parent and and trying to not be yourself a little bit because I have to try and rein back my natural urges to argue and fight. Mm. Yeah, I'm actually very combative, and sometimes I have to rein that in, and sometimes I have to let it out because you know something I've been working on is kind of needs to know when she's wrong and when she's mm. gone too far, and mm. and if that means I have to shout at her and it causes her to cry, and so be it. You know, she needs to know when she's gone too far. Yeah. But on the flip side, of that I'm very you know I was having a discussion with Kat the other day. I'm very good at talking to her after and saying look this is what you've done wrong like my parents never you know explained what you do wrong you yeah. just get a whack and you know sent to your room and you know ground or whatever and you never get an explanation you yeah know, marinating your sins it's a pretty much yeah. thing but my big thing is try to make sure Kaya's accountable for her actions she's old enough to know what's wrong and right yeah. And just because someone's done something to her doesn't mean she should retaliate in a negative way to hurt them and such like. And, you know, it's then saying that you have to be accountable for your own actions. You cannot be accountable for others. Like, for instance, she had fallen out with some friends at school. You know, we were talking about her behind her back or whatever. And she was saying this. I said, I heard you talk about people behind their backs. So, you know, at the end of the day, you concentrate on what you are doing in your behaviours. Mm. Don't worry. If people are talking about you behind your back, 
As long as you're not talking about other people, you, you, you know, it shouldn't bother you. Yeah, true. Yeah. true. It's yeah. only bothering you because you know you've said mean things about other kids behind their back and you think that's what's happening here. So, uh, you know, be accountable for your own actions and, you know, and you, you know, own up to your own actions and everyone else's actions are out of your control. So yeah. that's sort of the lessons we're on at the moment with Kaya, you know. So parenting doesn't stop. No, yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Constantly, constantly evolving and changing, and yeah, yeah. For it's like what you said. For me, I think that's why my pops was good. He always told you why you were getting a beating or why you were <laughs> you, you were being <laughs> yeah. always. And I think that was yeah, like you said, it was a good thing because it was the one thing he always did. You get the beating first, you go cry, and then you know after it's like, do you know what you did? And you're there like no whatever but he always sat you down after and i think it's a it's a really good thing i think it's important to know what you've did yeah, it's also important yeah. for you to you know as a child it's like you know what can i do to change it yeah, like, exactly. it's okay knowing you've done something wrong yeah yeah but you need to be given the tools in which to make adjustments yeah. mm-hmm. because you know you shouldn't expect the kids to necessarily do that on their own you need to give them tools to yeah. And I guess it takes time, yeah. Yeah, of course it takes time. I mean, you kind of yeah, know you've you, done something wrong, but you but yeah, yeah. maybe you don't know why. You're being an angry, wrong. rebellious teenager. Yeah. And yeah. Well, yeah, because the problem is with kids, and, and actually it's no different for some adults, they're very you know, egocentric, yeah, yeah. and you think what you, and you see it all the time on social media, people think they're right, and they won't accept that someone else could be right. And then you have this with children, and you know, what you want is your children to grow out of this. But as I say, you see it with adults, a very polarized black or white view of things. You know, if I'm not, if I'm right, you must be wrong. Yeah. yeah not true. realizing actually, you could both be right in, in your own fr- framing, in your own context. But yeah. the reality is, in between all that, is probably the reality of what is right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you can be right, but also even if you are right, doesn't mean that person deserves you know treatment they're getting because they're wrong yeah it's just they, you know they might need to just learn or we might need to adjust or we might have a different frame of reference so and i think that's important even for adults to learn um you know and something even i not, not struggled with but something you know i'm very quick to argue <laughs> yeah, it's, just a, it's probably growing up with two brothers yeah. <laughs> yeah. relatively close in age yeah. um you know in our house and i have you know me and kat are very different upbringings because she doesn't like conflict and drama i grew up in a house of constant argument like with brothers siblings very yeah. loud <laughs> very very loud household so when me and kaya argue you know it, it can be shouting yeah but it doesn't mean it's you know it's actually true shouting. It's yeah. just like it's, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just combative thing, yeah. and you know, and sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's bad, and sometimes that's it. But guys a lot like me, you know, she'll slam a door and storm off and sulk for a bit, you know, not to sixty quite quickly. Yeah. But it's like you know, I'm trying to change about myself is. Say karma for longer. Sometimes, actually, with car, I do just laugh because sometimes it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I just can't stop laughing. I'm like, what are you even arguing about? Yeah. What is the point of this? Uh, but, and, and sometimes she does, you know, and kids do now push your buttons. And, uh, 
you know, I remember one time, and I've never really disciplined, but one time, I, and it wasn't discipline, it was just, you know, you get close to frustration point, and you see why, you know, it's like, I was trying to put cowpole in her mouth, or, no, it wasn't cowpole, she had some proper medication, and you had to syringe it in in her mouth. Oh, yeah. She kept spitting it, she grabbed the little yeah. syringe, broke it. I was like, I was just like, <laughs> she's only little at a time. I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. I'm going to be mad. Yeah. Like, oh, please just take your medicine. Please. <laughs> just take your yeah. medicine. But like, you know, and we do, kids are very good at finding, finding what buttons to press. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah, you, you should have had a YouTube page there. That's perfect. I'm sure, oh, I'm sure honestly, all dads get to the point like, like, what do doing I do? Doing her hair, doing things. It's just like, yeah, yeah. I've never smacked doing anything. Because yeah. one thing I learned from my own childhood, being here never changed my behavior in the slightest. Yeah. It just meant I tried to not get caught. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, what it, that's the only thing that changed about it. It's like, <laughs> right, I can't get caught because I'm going to get a smack. Or when... <laughs> When you when your parents find out, hide. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing. I, do, I go to bed and lay down until I was asleep. Yeah. Like, don't, don't wake me up. Oh, um, so you know, it didn't actually change my behaviour. So you know, when I went into going to bed, it sounds like a job, but you know, when you start <laughs> yeah. looking at how I was going to discipline Kaya, it's much more tell her she's wrong and then explain why. And you know, it's you know. And sometimes some of the frustration comes because I explain like the childhood that I had compared to her, yeah. and you know she because she seems to think like yeah at times I'm the devil, yeah, yeah, you know, like the worst person. Like I said, you should seen Granddad, you know, yeah, you know, I know he was really great with you, but you should seen him when I was a kid. If not so wrong, yeah, we wouldn't have been having a conversation. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah it would there would be no conversation there would be nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like we didn't talk back. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy because I was watching a lady who because of clear and I get all these parenting uh, uh, IG videos and she was talking like she was just relating like dog training and uh, babies growing it's like you you don't beat your dog you take time and teach it slowly yeah. yeah yeah that's the thing but it's like why why people think it's right to you know like you just beat the kid without an explanation and expect them to understand you should think yeah. of it the same way like it's, yeah, they do. Yeah, it's it's like okay, you beat me, so okay, I know this is kind of wrong, but it's like you said, it's then, I just I'll do it, but you won't catch me. Yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> not. If, if they start associating violence with getting a point, across, yes, exactly, and that becomes a very dangerous, dangerous road. I think. Yeah. You know, um, with like you know, in school, you know, when they think they're right and someone's done something wrong to them, they start oh, yeah. lashing out. Um, yeah, you know, but. Parenting, you know, parenting's a tricky one. There's a burning question, I'm sure, all the listeners want to know. What fruit are we on at the moment? <laughs> oh, we, come on. Are we on some sort of melon at the moment? We always we go through all the melon family. It was an sure. aubergine last even, week. Let me see yeah. what it is now. Aubergine. Aubergine's varying a lot in size. It, I know. <laughs> she seems but to it's, um, grow overnight. She's so active now. She's like, dancing. Yeah, you get a point where it's just like more fluttery internal. Are you seeing any movement on the outside? Oh, you can see movement. Yeah, you can see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 leg stretch out. Oh, so they've got this weird sort of angle in your stomach. Yeah, yeah, no, she's always, she's more on my, <laughs> my right. But it's, she she's very low. Oh. Like, she really hangs out very low in my pelvis. So there's, 
there is quite a lot of pressure in the pelvic yeah. floor. Um, You've grown quite a lot. Like I was looking at your like, videos <laughs> and like, your baby bumps come on quite a lot. She has. So it's, I, I measure myself now because I was talking to Ashley, the dietitian, <sighs> and she she was saying how like oh, pregnancy see. weight gain is it's so different for everyone. Like some yeah. women put weight on immediately. That's what she did for like her first, and then like then it tapered off, and then you you can really worry. You know, other women like you don't put on much weight until like week twenty, and I mean I, I really haven't put on much weight, but you you can see she's you know she's grown. So I measure now, I which suppose, is is interesting. I suppose like sorry, you know, on, yeah. on that Ashley point is with weight gain. Yeah, if you were just going by scale weight, so much goes into that. Oh, yeah. For pregnant women, like, you know, extra breast tissue, you know, like milk ducts and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why I would say to a woman, you know, only weigh yourself when we not last for it. But reality is, weight's got very little to do with, with it. It's, you know, I think, as you said, measuring bumps and stuff. And, you know, that's quite a nice way to... It's it's it is because so I had a, another client in the states. She had hyperemesis hyperemesis gravidarum, the really bad morning sickness, and like she, she, she I don't think she put on hardly any weight at all. But her baby was a a big boy, like a eight pounder. <laughs> you know, so it's you know you can't yeah like and so you can't just go by weight gain. Um, oh, we're at a papaya. Oh. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, okay. 785. I'm trying to compare papaya to an aubergine, you know, to the eggplant. It's like... I'm starting to think there's a, no, a GM, I American I suppose aubergine's a little bit narrower. Yeah. Papaya. I don't know. It seem as long as aubergine. <laughs> I like that. Have you got the animal ones? Or really? Yeah, that was better. Animal, yeah. is it? No, but Cause... actually they say it's, it's like only a centimetre more. 32 yeah. and a half. Yeah, yeah. 33. So that's like a ruler. That's big. Yeah. No, but I'm saying, yeah, 32 and a half to 33. Yeah, so. Is that a ruler? No, that's inches. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 32. Animal. Oh, sweet. (laughs) It's a bunny. I thought it was a bunny last time. No, it was a guinea pig. No, the guinea pig was. Oh, yeah, the last time. Last time we were on animals. Now it's um, a bunny. Yeah, well, at least it gives a range, so. 33 you could to do 38 by, centimeters. You could do it by sweets. Let's see. A chocolate cake. Yeah, 30 centimeter ruler. I do have one down here. Yeah, yeah, let's see. Let's have no, a look. fruit. Yeah. Okay. So that is. That's big. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I can feel her, that's for sure. She's. Yeah. Lot. That's pretty big. Like, yeah. Although, obviously, one needs yeah, to top down yeah. until we stretch out. That's why you get a lot of movement when. Yeah. Well, that's, so I think it's almost a kilo. It'll be because my obstetrician is away. So yeah, last time we we saw her was what, was that two two three weeks ago. We did the glucose tolerance test, and um, yeah, so I I passed that, and it's it's it wasn't as bad as I thought. I really, um, and that's always a good thing. Like you always think it's going to be worse. That's fine. Hype yourself up. Make it. <laughs> seem worse um so yeah but just watching this lady weigh out 75 grams of pure glucose i was like oh and you can't walk around after you drink it that for me was really hard so i'm so used to after each meal going to do a little glucose walk and but it actually so my 
my fasting was so she did it with a glucometer first and it was a five um i did it here before i left and it was a four um so you know it's it's such a moving target you know like Mm. if you're hydrated if you're stressed because when you're stressed you're gonna you know your body's gonna release glucose into the bloodstream um but anyway so it was a five which is fine they want it under a 5.5 and then so then you drink the 75 grams of glucose and then after an hour they draw blood and then again after two hours so when the the venus results came back it was really the the fasting one had gone down to a 4.5 so venus is more accurate um, which which is good, and then the, it was really weird because the after the hour it was a six point five, which is like a hundred and twenty mgdl. But th- I thought that was pretty good after uh, <laughs> seventy five grams of pure glucose. Yeah, uh, it's good. <laughs> I was like, that's it's not good bad. By any stretch. Yeah. yeah, but then after two hours it had gone up to six point eight. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And I yeah. I was like, I wish I'd taken my glucometer to just to see if they'd switch, switch those around. Because I was like, because normally, like, when I did it, you know, I did um, quite intensive monitoring the week yes. before. And, like, I was very good at clearing after two hours. One hour, you know, not so great. But after two, I was generally, you know, back down. But it it was it was really interesting. I'm actually glad I did it. I thought it was it was interesting and yeah you, you look at it from a yeah. level of different in, yeah. interest yeah no, for sure and yeah. you're comparing it to your own your own research yeah, yeah. so it becomes a bit more of a research exercise you know oh it, it was a hundred percent a hundred percent but for me i have found because like when you're pregnant your pancreas produces three times more insulin so actually mm. most women see a 20 percent reduction in blood glucose and i have seen that like my fasting is whereas you know when I did it non-pregnant it was usually like 4.85 so it's it's... there's also that thing with that's why a lot of women get probably cravings and weird things because yeah it's easy to go touch on not quite being hypo Mm. but blood sugar being so low but you're not used to it makes you suddenly need snacks and yeah yeah yeah, but it, it was so interesting. So in the UK, they really don't do the glucose tolerance test unless you're sort of a high risk category. Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe that's just like a cost thing, you know. Well, partially, but know. also because of not very accurate tests for a lot of time. It's not, but because it's very, it's very, it's very yeah. person dependent. Yeah. And if someone's not at risk of, you know, diabetes, mm-hmm. there's no real point doing it. Because don't forget. You're almost looking to, you know, create a problem, but probably isn't there. You, know, is... you get one bad test, you suddenly go, oh, you know, every day, and the doctor's like, going, oh, you know, you've probably got some blood glucose issues here. Let's do this, do that. When actually it might have just been a bad test or a bad yeah. day or lack of sleep, stress, lots of other things go into it. So, you know, it's probably a bit of both. It is, but I really think like there's there's so much research how you know high blood sugar, not necessarily even gestational diabetes, can affect the health yes. of the fetus, both you know now and later on. That it, I'm like, I feel like there should be some kind of test, whether it's you monitoring at home. Well, that's what bit. I think is more sensible. Yeah, because yeah. like just do it because it's generally in the second half of your second trimester that you become more insulin resistant. I but, think what would be good yeah. in the UK, 
in the NHS pay for it would be a, a constant monitor that you put on during, you know, you might have it on for a month, during yeah, one month for your pregnancy at a time. And then we check results and look at the trend and then go, yeah, that's good. Over a longer period. Yeah. yeah, that would be good. Or, something. <laughs> or even better, first trimester, just do HbA1c because they found that can predict cases of gestational diabetes by 98%. Well, like 90, 98%. So it's like, that's just it. get that done because most... <laughs> that's most, way more accurate than the glucose test. I know. Way more accurate. <laughs> you can't do it in the other trimesters because your your blood volume is, you know, is, is changing so much. There's such a turnover because HbA1c is based on your red blood cells, mm. which generally, you know, uh, regenerate every 120 days. But that's quicker as you go along in your pregnancy. But I mean, it's, if you, and I did that, and I was a 5.6, which is borderline. Like 5.7 is the cutoff, like yeah. But with knowing, you know, your previous, you know, mm. previous, but the Hashimoto's and your, you know, your hi- hi- medical history, yeah. that's actually quite good still. It's, it's absolutely fine. So it's like, just do that test. I mean, that's simple when you're doing, you know, all your other tests in the first trimester, you know, when you're testing for AIDS and things like that, you know, just, I put that one in, but it was only because I put it in. But again, like if, yeah. you know, you could just do that. And then, you know, if you're kind of high risk, then do a little bit more monitoring. But again, you know, that can really, I think, fall upon the woman to take that responsibility if your healthcare provider is not, even talking about it, you could just you could just do that because um, I think it, it is it is worth checking. Even you know if you're like oh, but I'm fine. You know I'm healthy weight. I eat well. You just there's so many changes that go on in your body yeah, yeah. during pregnancy. Ooh, it changes. Has your training changed much? I'm sure it has. Actually, not really. I mean, in terms of of how much I lift, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but in terms of how I train, not really. Um, Do you find getting more tired, needing a bit more recovery time, or that's not been an issue for you? Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Like, you become out of breath so easily. Like, squats, anything above 12. I mean, that always felt like cardio, but it... So you've got, you got an extra kg in there. I got... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Press it down on your pelvis. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's interesting. Like, it's changed... Yeah, but it's mainly just the way I always take three minutes rest anyway. I just keep it to under an hour. But it's, you know, I'm I'm really lucky. I don't have, um, you know, the pelvic girdle pain or run ligament pain. I can do single leg, single arm, no problem. But yeah, things, things do feel heavy. Um, but I found actually what's helped me a lot is to be quite diligent about doing cardio um so you do i do 45 minutes twice a week and i find that really really helpful um i think both for blood glucose blood pressure um but also just yeah recovery aerobic fitness it's it's been really good so i find three like i do three full day strength trainings and then the two cardio and i can recover from that because i found during this pregnancy i've never had so many doms in my life even today (laughs) Uh, it's only like a 10 kilo weight but it's i guess your body's like just resources are not going towards you know that kind of recovery yeah you've got a lack of resources just to build muscle like prioritization we're like build your muscle or build the muscle Oh, oh, baby, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it's 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 so interesting. Like, yeah, that wasn't even 
yeah, I was doing rear foot elevated split squats. Um, wow. So it's it's been really interesting, but I think, you know, touch wood, I have been really lucky to have like n no serious aches or pains. For me, it's just my ribs that are really uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, I guess everything just, it's just crazy when you look at how the body accommodates the, the papaya in there. <laughs> The rabbit, the rabbit, rabbit, the, 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 the bunny. Yeah. The bunny. It's, it's just crazy because when I go to the obstetrician, she does feel the diastasis. And I think it was a mm. centimeter last time. I mean, it is inevitable that you're going to get abdominal separation. It has to. Otherwise, yeah. your baby, you know, you're going to run out of room in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like square. Yeah. <laughs> square you, you know, yeah. so if, I think so many women worry unnecessarily about diastasis. Like, it's yeah. going to happen. You can manage it, you know. I know someone who went really bad, mm. like, as in, it's, you know, abs kind of got a split, mm. like, as in, a tear from it. Mm. Um, and they had a little bit of surgery after just to rejoin okay, you know, yeah. abdominal, the abdominal muscle back together. But apart from that, most people, yeah, it's just stretching, goes straight back after, you know. It'll it's go just, back. It can, I mean, even it can... if it changes a little bit, it's not, it's not a massive deal. You've just produced a whole human. <laughs> so, yeah, that's amazing in itself. So don't worry about some abs. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's truly incredible when you think of that little, little creature in there growing, just hanging yeah. out in that amniotic fluid. Dancing, dancing, having a great time, yeah. just everything being delivered there. <laughs> it's it's just it's best time. It's you know living your best life. Yeah, in bed, no stress. It's getting fed. Yeah, even after sleep when you want, kick when you want. Yeah, do what you want. It just yeah. must be so nice. I wish we had memories of it. It would be so amazing. Just, just yeah. these um, what are these tanks? What are they, um, the ones that uh, oh, like the floating um yeah the float tanks yeah. uh, I can't remember, like where we take away uh, you know all the outside stimulus and it's just and like just a bit of, put a bit of white noise in which you know it kind of almost yeah. mimics that you know being in the womb oh yeah that'd be quite yeah that would be quite fun to do but it's yeah no i'm again i feel i feel really lucky that it's it's been you know such a positive journey so far for me anyway because i do know it can be such a struggle for many women um but i think there's yeah there's you know of course do your research but like we were saying in our last podcast like you know it's it's not all about the research and you know a lot of it you'll be learning as you go and just relying on your instincts and things like that but yeah. I, I do think to, to me like so many women have zero body awareness and you know i think you do need to do some education or, you know, take some responsibility, like, you know, you, you don't have to do the glucose tolerance test, you know, learn your rights, what, what you, what you have to do, what you don't have to do. I think that's really important because, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, birth, birth is a, birth is a business. It is. If you go to a hospital, that's what it is. You know, you're not, they're not going to remember you, you know, whereas you're going to remember your birth for the rest of your life. So you, you know, you've really got to advocate for yourself if you're having a hospital birth. That's why I think it's great. Mm. You know, your birth partner, it, you know, knows what you want or you have a doula so that you're not just, you know, yeah, part, part of that system. You know, you, you do have, you do have rights there. So it's, yeah. it's so important to, to know those. Mm, yeah. Well, this has been a very non-fitness, but very philosophical well, well, you know, episode. We try, we try to tighten it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 
Parent podcast. <laughs> yeah, I find, just chatting podcast. Well, I, I really like it because I think you know, you, Andy's you know, we've pretty much raised Kaya. I think that's already an interesting perspective. A good experience. And yeah, Leon going into it. I think it'll be yeah, when, yeah. when little little ones here, it'll be really great. Because you always hear it from the mum's perspective. I think it's so nice to hear from from the dad. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a weird one being a dad because you're not kind of needed initially. Yeah. This whole carrying of a baby, you're not, you're there for support. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, you, that's it. you are very much needed, though, once a baby comes along, initially yeah. to take some of the burden. And then, actually, you know, just start laying lessons and helping with building good foundations in, in the child, I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's important for, for dads to be involved as much. And no, it's not always easy for some dads, you know, bad relationships with mums and things happen. and reality is though you know you just turn up for your kids everyone mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. whoever you are you know kids are the only thing kids really need is that time yeah. that's it yeah i think that's so important like True. you don't need all the stuff you know yeah, yeah. Exactly. you just you know you 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 there showing up you know providing love support all of that mm-hmm well, I think we will uh, end that there, but uh, hopefully you get some interesting, useful bits from this. <laughs> um, and we'll see you in our next episode. <laughs>